And me, Dan. This week we're going to be discussing blockchain. I think most people consider blockchain to be bitcoins, but they're not yeah. actually mutually exclusive, are they? No. So bitcoin or cryptocurrencies are built on blockchain technology. Okay, so, they... so let's just dive straight in and say what is blockchain technology? Okay, so the idea behind blockchain is that you don't have a centralized computer that knows everything that you ask a question to everybody agrees what the truth is and once they've agreed what the truth is they then write that record in and it cannot be corrupted because if you change anything before it that part of the chain will no longer be valid because you're encrypting it with itself how do you all agree what the truth is all the computers know the history they can see from the one piece of blockchain they're looking at they know that that's the truth so if then somebody says now i want to add another record onto it and they add another record onto it all the others can say yep that's true that's the correct record that would follow that record how do they you know, add we, another record onto it uh well they encrypt it with itself it's going to sound really odd but let's say my very first one comes with the number one and then I'm going to times that by another number let's say three so I times it the first time and I get three and then I times it the second time and I get nine and I times it the third time and I get 27 what I can't do now is go back and change nine to ten because 27 would then be invalid because I can't say divide by three and get ten because it's 27 do you see what I mean so is this supposedly meant to stop fiddling that goes on in banks what doesn't go on but sometimes uh, if something goes wrong with a human siphoning off money or something is it because it, they can change the records because they are the they are the, the central repository of the truth so therefore you can now alter the truth and everyone else has to accept it because that is the central repository. Now with blockchain, because everybody has their version of the truth, if anybody changes it, everybody else will go, that's no longer the truth. Do you see what I mean? Or that's no longer correct. And this is really important in things, let's say, like banking, where we want to know that someone didn't slip something in at some point that wasn't agreed by everybody. Yeah, so it should make banking much safer. Yeah. And obviously on cryptocurrency, who owns this coin is very important that everybody agrees that you own that Bitcoin or that part of that Bitcoin. And at the moment so, on non-blockchain currency, the bank says I own it and that's yes, that. Exactly. And if the bank can say I do or I don't and, yeah. and you owe me this they and you owe law. me that. Yeah, exactly. They are the law and then the government sits on top of that and then says, given that that's the law, I'm taking X, Y and Z. So the, the, the great hippie dream of blockchain is it gets rid of the ability of the corporate financial system to own you within its rules. You can make up your own rules. In reality, I don't think it's going to turn out like that because it sounds very much like the big hippie dream of the Internet, which was, it was going to make, it make us all free, which it very much didn't. And I no, think instead, makes... we're chained to monthly payments, <laughs> as we talked about before. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm going to guess that blockchain is going to go the same way because it sounds like the same dream to me. And it, it happens a lot with all new technologies. And I actually think at the moment, 
outside cryptocurrency and some very interesting parts of logistics, like what arrived where and when, where you don't want people to go back and go, actually, it didn't arrive here. No, it did. Okay, so, so other things apart from money that blockchain can be used for is logistics, moving cargo around the world, moving yeah. flights around the world. Yeah, moving... anything where you're going to get a series of things that you want to verify they actually happened when. So if you want to look at something, let's say, like you want to certify a type of food as organic, so you can now use blockchain in order to make sure that every single part of the journey from a seed all the way to you're getting that on your plate with blockchain you can make sure every single part of that was done in the organic process and there's no way of people sort of half fiddling it out the side because you've got an absolute verifiable blockchain of what happened to that product that sounds really interesting it's almost like an https or secure certificate for the website you're actually securing and validating something that hasn't been secured and validated before so aside from the cryptocurrency the way that blockchain could filter down to that type of thing sounds really interesting and like it would stay i mean admittedly you might have to pay for it but it does sound like it, it is a kite mark or a validation it's very good for that kind of what a traceability so anything where you think we have a problem with traceability, especially when you've got lots of different companies interacting, where each one of them has to have the traceability. Then it's got a, it's got a purpose. The, the thing about blockchain is it is actually quite expensive in terms of energy. Blockchain is consuming the same amount of energy, or Bitcoin is consuming the same amount of energy as Brazil. Because That's what it, I wanted to get onto because we talk about mining cryptocurrency, yes. mining bitcoins, and, and there's these enormous warehouses in Antarctic or somewhere. In cold, places where electricity Canada, is very cheap. Basically. And where it's very cold because yeah. the amount of energy and the heat required is enormous. Mining is this energy sapping thing that happens. But what is that thing that's happening that's taking up all the okay. energy? So we talked about three earlier you know we're going to use the, the key of three it's like yeah. the stupidest key on earth but let's say so now if i want to mine a coin i have to find everything that is divisible by three yeah mm. obviously very simple but when you think about the complexity of the algorithms that they're using to actually encrypt these things what mining is is basically going through every possible combination until you get one that goes that matches because wow, you don't know so it's, it's three power. yeah so because you don't know it's three that number is hidden from you so what you do is you go blah, 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 this one and it goes no blah, 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 this one no blah, 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 this one no and it will just keeps doing that because it's like passwords it's hash so you can't know what the key is all you can do is say does this match the key and then it'll go either yes or no having and done its computations is. through all the keys yeah, that there possibly are exactly and so it's massively power heavy because it is basically cycles per second the key is separate from the the it's validation file held, held in the blockchain so if you say to the blockchain is this okay the blockchain will tell you yes or no it is the key my file saying this is the next 
reference or is the key holding my file tight? Okay, so when you're mining, let's talk about Bitcoin. So there are only X amount of Bitcoin, 22 million, but that number might be wrong. So once you've mined all 22 million, there are no more. Yeah. That locks in the value of a Bitcoin at that point. Obviously, the ones that are still left, if there are any that are still left, are really difficult ones. They're not the 27s. They're the 3 million, 3... Do you see what I mean? They're the really obscure ones that are left. And it's just a huge... Basically, you're doing code breaking constantly, constantly, constantly against these massively complex hash encryption keys. And the same reason that encryption keys are, by their very nature, very, 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 very difficult to break by brute force. It's a similar mechanism that you're doing. You're not breaking it by brute force, but you're basically doing calculations and then trying to verify them. And when you verify one, you've got a Bitcoin. So you're just finding, you're mining these Bitcoins, you're looking for them. Exactly, that's what it's called, mining. And when they've all run out, what happens then? Well, then we stop mining for Bitcoins. Start mining for something else. For Ethereum or whatever we need to, you know. And this is the thing, which will be the cryptocurrency of the future. Right, so so you could go and mine for Ripple or another type of cryptocurrency. Yeah, exactly. But the problem is, is that they take a certain amount of energy, which we can call electricity. So you need the most amount of profit you can make from mining of places with very, very low electricity costs. Because obviously... It's not costing you as much to mine it as it would for me, who's paying high electricity costs. And so how, do I, how am I the person that goes, right, here's a new cryptocurrency. I'm going to make 10 of them, and they're going to be very valuable. Right, start mining. How does that work? Essentially, it's not a massively difficult piece of code. The real problem with Bitcoins, and I can't remember the one that kept getting hacked, but is that... You have to be very, very, very careful about how you allow new ones to be created because the very nature that it's not centralized means that there are opportunities to play with things like timestamps and to overwhelm a system to agreeing with you when you're definitely not right. Do you see what I mean? But a bit like learning my CSS animation that I'm going to go online and have a look at a few things yeah. and have a go. Can I just go online and go, how do I create a Bitcoin? How do, how do I create a Bitcoin? You, you probably could. And could I follow the steps one to ten and then be like a banker? Yeah. And actually, I think a lot of Bitcoins are literally copy pasted. Bits so why, why isn't everyone else doing this? Well, because the biggest problem with digital currency is not the making of the currency. It's the getting the trust in the currency. So, like, <laughs> so you can have you can have Abby. an Abbey, Abbey coin, but <laughs> since I can't spend an Abbey coin anywhere, it's not worth anything, and it's so going to cost me 150 truck? quid in order to to mine it. To mine it, and I'm going to be left with an Abbey coin, which is of a value zero. It's of no point to me. Do you see what I mean? But it's about you have to give it a certain amount of value. So what you can say is, I've got two million pounds and a bitcoin is worth two million pounds divided by the number of bitcoins available that would be one way of doing it so if i mine two million bitcoins they're all worth a pound effectively another way of doing it which is and in fact how bitcoins crashed was basically people started allowing futures on them and then that means that you now can bet on what you think they're going to be worth in the future and so banks just shorted them on purpose yeah. Absolutely. So Mr. Bitcoin himself, 
he yeah. started up bitcoins before anyone even knew it existed did blockchain exist or did he invent that as well um i think you could contend that he was a part of the people that invented it yeah i mean i don't like i think like anything like you know charles darwin didn't invent or come up with the theory of evolution just on his own i think he read other people and started to think well wait a minute so uh, this guy and i think he's called satori hatushi and he's a very n- unknown person he's like a mystery man no one knows who he really is but did he invent the dark web as well so that there was a mark here place Ooh, where his bitcoins no could i don't think used? he did no i don't think he did i don't think that's what i don't i, I mean i may be wrong but i don't think that was his thing people tall, just thought this is brilliant for illegal well, i think stuff. people thought the internet was who we are where we are and what we do and i would like an internet where that's not always true and that's, I think, where the, the, the idea of the darknet came out of. I don't think it was the same guy. Bitcoin was a, a way of saying every transaction uh, on the internet the is... Well, also, every internet on the transaction is tied to a person. Where is the equivalent of digital cash, where I can make a cash payment, where there's no record of who bought it? Mm. Okay, so let's and Obviously, go... it lends itself to the more criminal element, but that's just... that. You know, that's not the technology, that's just... You know, that's just the usage of the technology. Without wanting to sound really stupid, I still don't understand about the difference between my little file and the key. Is the key the file or is the, the key keeping... in the file? It's encrypted into the file. But what yeah. else does it say in the file? Whatever it is that you're storing. So uh, it might be storing the fact that you received a payment of one millionth of a Bitcoin. And the mining... Is yeah. only when there are still coins out there that haven't been claimed by yeah, owners. Exactly, exactly. So if I'm transferring bitcoins or cryptocurrency, you don't have to mine anything. How does that transfer happen then? What if I need to add another? So if entry? you buy a bitcoin, yeah, into the bitcoin blockchain of that bitcoin, will go into an entry saying that you own X amount of that bitcoin or that whole bitcoin if you're that rich. So if someone like a friend of ours, bought a whole heap of Bitcoin some time ago. Yeah. He didn't mine them, did he? He bought them no, off somebody bought... that mined them. But the people mining them are the people using enormous power on their computers to Yeah, and probably they, they are hundreds of processes away from when he got his. You know, they were pre-mined, probably mined a long time ago. So let's take this down a level. Obviously, no one's going to buy into the Abbey Bank, which is a shame. But let's say I had some organic bananas yeah. And I wanted to certify once and for all that they really were organics. And so I thought that I would set up a blockchain for this to prove yeah. what I've been saying all along without okay. having to pay a lot of money so to the organic society. So you're now going to distribute society. out this blockchain to all the members of the supply chain, growers all the way along. Every single person that's theoretically touched these yeah. bananas. Yeah, and so when the seed people say, I provided these organic seeds... And then the seed distributor said, I distributed these seeds. And then the farmer says, I bought these seeds. I grew these seeds in these fields. And da, 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 all what the way if up. one of those people lied? Okay, but you can verify that they lied at that point. And you can verify that they actually lied. How? Because you can go back down the blockchain and say, well, wait a minute. You said you grew them in these fields, but you didn't grow them in these fields. And he can't go back and say, well, actually, I, 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 I said I grew them in those fields. Because you can't change the blockchain from that point onwards because it would invalidate everything afterwards. You change it from 9 to 10. And so all these entries go into one file and that yeah, one a ledger, file is secu- a ledger that's secured by a... By key. a single blockchain, yeah. Sorry, the key is the blockchain. Yeah. 
the blockchain okay, is that's off. really interesting because it costs an awful lot to become verified by the organic earth society or whoever it is and it's really difficult and crippling for small businesses but this could be a cheaper way to prove that you're organic without having to pay a very large institution to prove it yeah i mean it's not doing the actual on the ground this is a organic field but what it's making sure is that you didn't slip in some inorganic stuff in the middle of it because it handles the verification and the authentication at the same time then it's very difficult for people to go back and back manipulate things so they can't make something look like we did this and then actually change it so it looked like you did something else because it's immutable once you've moved past the next stage you can't change anything previous to it so now what you have is a ledger that everybody agrees on yeah so now when you want to do your traceability you, you find actually that the banana you've got wasn't organic you can now go back down that blockchain knowing that nothing can be falsified in it and find out where the mistake happened or who Which lied. is really interesting. So I've got my ledger. How do I turn it into a blockchain? Uh, you know, it is a blockchain. <laughs> what you can do is now traverse back down the steps of it because it's obviously got a transaction history. So included is a little tab on each one that says this was agreed that this was verified as organic by X. This is agreed that this was verified as organic by Y. So you can now go back down it and say, well, at which point did this verification, was it not true? Yeah, but how do I do the key? How do I make it secure? And well, blockchain? I mean, you're now talking in like, do you, want to, uh, do you want to get into cryptography? I mean, I don't want to teach you cryptography in a podcast. <laughs> so that's what it is. It's a secure key. It's cryptography. It's cryptography. Is what yeah. the blockchain is. And where do these blockchains live? Wherever you want them, wherever you build them. So in a logistic system, it would be built into the logistic system that it uses blockchain to verify the ledger. Okay, dear listener, I hope that you are more aware now than <laughs> me. You're not, are you? It's actually very complicated. Um, Good, because we could talk about I'm it in a really top level like we have it. done. But basically all you need to know is that every time you add something new to a blockchain, everything before it cannot change. But how do I set up a blockchain? Well, we're now we're getting back into cryptography and you basically you'll get blockchain software. I would have assumed that there are a whole bunch of vendors out there, if you're in logistics, that do blockchain ledgers for your logistics software. Okay. Yeah? All right. It's let's try, like try a different angle. How do I buy a Bitcoin? Uh, you go and buy a Bitcoin. Like Where? How do you buy a pound from any, anyone who's selling Bitcoins? So you don't have to have a special browser or anything like that? No. Just go buy Bitcoins wherever you want. Okay. From any Bitcoin bank. You could buy one from Bill. I don't think he's got any left. <laughs> well, do you know what I mean? Okay, so I can just go online. I don't have to go. Yeah, got... I mean, it, I mean, I'm not going to say it's like PayPal. Yeah, you say I would like some bitcoins and I will pay you fifty quid for some part of a bitcoin, and someone goes here, I'll sell you a part of a bitcoin for fifty quid, and then written into that part of the bitcoin is that you own that part of the bitcoin now, and that transaction is now stuck there because you cannot take it out. Otherwise, you'd invalidate the whole Bitcoin. So do you see what I mean? Now it's safe. Once you've bought that part of it, it's safe because you have now the record in your Bitcoin wallet that says you own that part of the Bitcoin. So I have a friend who says, you've got to invest in Bitcoins. If you've got a spare £2,000, no. you've just got to do it. I'm no. making so much money. I'm investing in Ripple. Lose. Yeah, you cannot lose. Yeah. Um, no. absolutely not true. <laughs> As in, I think it was like at the beginning of last year, everyone was like, 
Bitcoin, just get in. Yeah. But yes. it, I, and I just kept saying, you know, this is just Dutch tulips, which is anytime I hear the other line, you cannot lose. That is like you're really close to the bubble. Yeah. What is a Dutch tulip? I mean, I know what a Dutch tulip is. It's a tulip. What does? What do you mean by Dutch tulip? Okay, so um, like the first financial, well, maybe not the first, but like a, a massive financial collapse happened in in Holland, where tulip bulbs were getting some sort of fungus, I believe, or may have been a virus, and it was creating really weird patterns on the petals, and these were beautiful, really, truly beautiful patterns, and people started buying these bulbs for more and more and more and more and more money. You know, a tulip bulb went from, let's say, being one pound to being traded in like 1,500 pounds for a tulip oh bulb. Oh, goodness. Yeah. And then suddenly someone went, wait a minute, isn't this just a tulip bulb? Yeah. I'll pay a pound for it, please. So all those guys that bought them for 1,500 pounds, suddenly they were worthless because... I mean, we've had this discussion before. The value of anything is only what someone is willing to pay for it. And so the moment someone goes, wait a minute, you think it's really worth, do you see what I mean? Mm, and then yes. the market tumbles. People were ruined. Absolutely it did seem very ruined. stressful. He said, you have to put it in at the beginning of the month and then take it out at the end of the month and then put it back yeah, in again. Yeah. And, and his and wife was going, it's really stressful. <laughs> yeah. And there's so a, a very famous one it. in England called the South Sea Bubble, which was to do with the South Sea Company. Basically, to stop the British government from going bankrupt, they created a sort of not real company. Well, it when? was real. Oh, back at like Warpole. We're talking about Warpole in these days. So Robert Warpole. Look it up. It's really fascinating. We want to see like the early financial bubbles because they're interesting because they're very simple. Well, it's the 16th modern... century, Walpole? I think later. so. Maybe. Tudors? They're later than that. No, it's more the um, the Georges or getting close to the Georges. Oh, okay. So a bit later, 17th, yeah. 17th 18th. Yeah. Right. Okay. Fact check. Somebody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My history is awful. But why it's interesting to look at those ones is because they're very simple to understand like tulip bulbs obviously modern economic collapses are far more integrated but the same thing happens which is you know you look at the 2008 buy houses you cannot lose well eventually someone goes oh, i'm not buying a house for that Whomph. you know once the confidence goes the market just drops away because everyone just realizes what as soon as you realize you can lose suddenly all of those people that are investing because you cannot lose bail Hence, a bubble being a very visual word to describe exactly, yeah, exactly. what is happening. I think I'd like to talk about the dark web next week. Wow. Okay, so I don't know a lot about the dark web. And should we have a guest on our podcast? Yeah, we should. Let's do um, that. Because I'm quite fascinated with the dark web, but yes. I don't go there because... No, I don't go there either. They're like monsters. <laughs> exactly. Well, maybe not next week, but we will get a very experienced dark web user to come and talk to us about his experiences, perhaps. Yes, we might exactly. have to beep a few things out. No, I think he would be fairly unneeding for civilised about it. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, that's all we've got time for this week. Brilliant. Well, I'm glad I've confused you even more. Yeah, I was going to say thanks. I feel really um, all clear now. <laughs> yeah, but you don't. The thing about cryptography is unless you really understand cryptography, it's always going to be quite complicated because you don't really understand the mechanisms. 
I do like the vision of the miners with their pickaxes in their snow boots walking yeah. into a big room of computers. That sits with me okay. But what I do understand now is the difference between mining and the currency itself. That I wasn't clear yeah. about, and that is clear. Okay. If you had gold coins, some people mine the gold coins, yeah. and then other people trade the gold coins. Well, you mine the gold, not yeah. the coins. Exactly, and it gets minted into a coin. And so then you mine the bit. Yeah, and that's then and it's sell effectively, the coin. once it's properly mined, it's minted into a coin, then you can trade them. Cool. Well, have a lovely week and look forward to chatting next week. Okie dokie. Bye. Bye.